Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. A swing and a high fly ball. This could be trouble. It's at the wall. And it's a gunner! Welcome to the Lux Calore International Sports on a Sunday morning. Oh, yeah! America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to the show. Well, it was great to have Cardinals manager Mike Schilt talking some baseball on the show. That was a lot of fun. Tom Ackerman with you. Sports on a Sunday morning, the longtime St. Louis tradition. And so is the great game of golf. And the Ascension Charity Classic presented by Emerson is the PGA Tour Champions event that is coming here to St. Louis and to talk about it and I'm very glad that he's with us, is the Executive Vice President, Chief Marketing Officer for Ascension. It's Nick Ragone. Nick, great to have you on X Radio. Thanks for having me, Tom. It's good to be with you. Well, this is exciting. I'm, I'm first of all, excited that baseball is with us. I'm excited that the PGA Tour has started, that NASCAR has started. I think when the time is right, we'll be as close to normal as we can. But right now, we'll take anything that we can get. And when we hear that live sports are happening, that's exciting, especially when it happens here in St. Louis. And the PGA Tour Champions is still on at Norwood, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, and and St. Louis has shown itself over and over again to be the best sports city in the country. We all know that. And uh, I think in 2018, the country saw what a big golf community is, too. The PGA at Belle Reve was... Uh, the PGA and Tiger Woods and other have said it's the best PGA tournament that was ever put on. And so we're excited. You know, the Ascension Charity Classic now presented by Emerson. This week we announced that Emerson is the presenting sponsor with us and worldwide is a founding partner. Uh, we're just so blessed in this area to have great corporate partners like Emerson Worldwide and many, many others. And I think everybody has a vested interest in making this a long-term success. You know, the, the Ascension Charity Classic presented by Emerson isn't just one year. It's a reoccurring PGA Tour event that'll be at Norwood in North County. And all the proceeds go to charity, North County Area Charities, Mary Grove, the Urban League, Boys and Girls Club, and many others. And so the big winner is going to be sports fans and charities, which is why we created this. Yeah, and Ascension, Emerson, and Worldwide Technology, there's some big hitters right there to be involved in a tournament that represents St. Louis, St. Louis County, and the surrounding area. But also, you know, Norwood Hills is right there next to Ferguson and right next to Emerson, who's been a leader for a long time, haven't they, with the Ferguson yeah. and the North County area? Emerson has been a, an outstanding partner to St. Louis for a long time, particularly in North County, and they're such a committed corporate citizen we're, we're really blessed to have them as part of the team and we when i when we started negotiating with the pga tour about bringing a permanent event to st louis our first and only condition was it had to be in north county 
Uh, and Norwood really was the only choice we had. It was, it's a great historic course, you know, the 48 PGA that Ben Hogan was hosted there. It's, you know, in, in the, the North County area that we all want to invest in and continue to revitalize and spur additional economic and charitable giving. And so Emerson was obviously a logical partner for us, and they've really stepped up in a big way, as has Worldwide. And there's many other partners, too. I, the list is too long. But I just think it speaks to, A, what a great sports town we are, B, what a great charitable town we are, and C, how committed everybody is in making this uh, all, all parts of St. Louis County strong. Yeah, worldwide technology has been tremendous in the area of embracing diversity. And uh, they, they've done this multiple times. They did this with the racetrack. It's now Worldwide Technology Raceway Gateway. David Stewart, Jim Cavanaugh, and the good people there are very, very strong community partners, aren't they? They really are. They're great. They've set a great example for the rest of the community, including us at Ascension and others to follow. And their commitment is, uh, it's inspiring. And that's, you know, we, we, again, in this area, we're blessed to have some great corporate leaders, uh, you know, Emerson Worldwide, Ascension. Now we're stepping up. We have a big footprint here and others. And it's really about giving back. You know, the PGA Tour champions, their model is about giving all proceeds to charity. Ascension is a nonprofit. Uh, we give away $2 billion a year in charity care. And so it's a win-win for everybody. And, you know, our dates this year are October 2nd. So we got a little ways to go. Uh, we, we think we'll have a really strong field. You know, we have Ernie Els now has turned 50, Jim Furyk, Phil Mickelson has turned 50. We're hoping to encourage Phil to come out here. And if any of your listeners want to go to Twitter, you know, Phil is big on Twitter now and encourage him to come visit St. Louis. I think it's a great idea. Uh, By the way, he might yeah. respond to you too. He He's active on there. He's very active, very active. Phil is uh, one of the great, you know, his character online is just like him in real life. He's just very <laughs> engaging. And so we, we think we're going to have a super strong field. And this is going to be a tournament that, this region is going to be proud of for, for years and years and years to come. I took a shot at getting a one-on-one with Phil at the PGA championship at Beth page. And he said, I would love to do it. And this is the best answer that that I've gotten from somebody. He said, Tom, I respect it. I'd love to do it, but I have to go sign for these fans over here. And there were, there was a mob behind the practice screen waiting just for him after he finished his round and I said, I totally get that. And he said, yeah, that's the, Phil too. You know, he's not putting on airs. I mean, he's genuine. It's authentic. His connection to the people. And that's the beauty of the PGA tour champions. A lot of these players, you know, they're they're They feel lucky to just be out there and still playing golf for a living. And if you've ever played in a pro-am, which we'll have two days of pro-ams and they're a lot of fun with champion tour players, they're engaging. They give you tips. They're helpful. They, they stay connect with to, to you after the tournament. And beyond, I mean, it's just an amazing experience. And that's really part of what we want to deliver here is just an amazing experience. It really is huge, huge names, big names. And I grew up on the senior tour. So one of our family's best friends is Larry Ziegler, who played on the tour and on the senior tour. And so I grew up going to his tournaments, watching Lee Trevino and Chichi Rodriguez. The legends. Yeah, and all of these great names. And it it really is. I can tell you from experience, having been to many, many tournaments at that level, they talk to the galleries. They sign autographs. I mean, they are competing. Don't get me wrong. And there's a lot at stake. But it's both. It's the blend of competition and friendliness. It's not the same pressure as the PGA Tour where right. they're trying to really make their living. These guys have made it already, and so they, they give back a lot more. And, you know, Hale Irwin will be in the field, and Hale's a big ambassador of this tournament and has been very helpful. He was at our press conference. And uh can't announce it yet, but I think uh, stay tuned. In the next couple of weeks, we'll have some other additional announcements about 
major, major legends of the game who are going to come out and be a part of this. So I don't want to, I don't want to tip my hand too much, but we're going to try to do something really special. You of course break that on KMOX only, right? Of course, <laughs> with you, Tom. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I don't want this to go by, but I heard you say two billion dollars. So Ascension dollars. provided, and that was last year. Ascension provided last year alone, yeah. two billion dollars. And this is for people, you're right, living in poverty and other Mm -hmm. uh, community benefits across the country, right, Nick? Yeah, thank you for mentioning that, Tom. And you know, Ascension, we're the we're the one of the largest nonprofit Catholic health systems in the world, and our whole model is to serve underserved communities, and and that two billion number grows every year. And we're really uh, we're you know we're in 20 states across the country. We have some senior living here in St. Louis, but no hospitals. But uh, and especially over the last 90 days, I just want to say. Thank you to all of our caregivers. You know, caregivers are heroes today. They put their life on the line when they go to work. And we've been blessed with some extraordinary caregivers. And we feel blessed to be able to serve the communities we do in that charity care every year. It's, you know, we have 160,000 associates and they're, they don't work at Ascension. They're called to serve at Ascension. And we're just so proud of that. Oh, we're very happy to have you a part of this in St. Louis and to put yourself out there as the title sponsor. It is the Ascension Charity Classic presented by Emerson, and it's online at ascensioncharityclassic.com. They also have a very good Facebook page. They also have a Twitter page that I need to be following. Ascension CCG is the Twitter handle, Ascension CCG. So I'm going to follow all this stuff. Oh, wait, you're on Instagram too. Ascension Charity Classics. We'll make sure we're all up to date. And I love the fact that you're on the Golf Channel. So this this yep. event is going three, to be... Three days. You're on yep. the Golf Channel for three days, which is... Yeah. You know, we're talking about the entire world will be watching St. Louis again. Yeah, we're and we're um, we're most likely going to have the lo- the only live sporting event uh, in St. Louis for the calendar year. You know, the Cards and Blues uh, thankfully will be coming back, but they probably won't be playing games in the region. And so um, we're, we feel a responsibility to to put on something special because it might be the only live sports in our region for quite some time. That's interesting. September twenty eighth to October fourth is the week. The regular season for the Cardinals ends what is scheduled to be September 27th. And then of course there's some postseason there, but no, that's a good point. And, and we still have some time to celebrate this. I'm sure that there's a lot of planning in place still. There's a lot that goes into a golf tournament. And uh, again, in this era of, uh, and, and this time that we're in an unprecedented time, things do change by the week. So I guess it's important really to stay connected to you as to what this means for fans moving forward. Yeah, that's a great point. And right now, you know, we're we're taking a wait and see approach with the PGA Tour, with the St. Louis County Department of Health, with our own clinici- clinicians and clinical leadership at Ascension uh, on whether or not we'll have fans. Um, and you know, the PGA Tour has been back for a few weeks without fans, and I think starting in two weeks they're going to start bringing back or try to bring back fans. And the number one priority for us is safety, safety for fans, safety for volunteers, safety for the players, and so. Safety will be the number one concern, but we're going to work closely with the tour and the Department of Health and our own clinical leadership. And we have a little bit of time and it probably will, um, you know, it's going to be a decision that will be made probably close to the tournament. But We'll continue to keep the community apprised. We absolutely will keep in touch with you on it and we appreciate the information very much. I think sometimes we get wrapped up in 
uh, everything that's happening in the world, and rightfully so, and then it sneaks up on you. Wait a minute, we got a big event coming here. The PGA Tour champions will be in St. Louis, Norwood Hills, September 28th through October 4th. The Ascension Charity Classic presented by Emerson. Nick Ragone has been with us, the Executive Vice President, Chief Marketing Officer for Ascension, the largest Catholic health system. Thank you so much for the visit. Thank you, Tom, and look forward to chatting with you soon. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Looking forward to it as well. We will have him on again. We'll definitely do that here on Sports on a Sunday morning just to keep people updated. And Dan Reardon of our staff, I know, will be all over it. We'll be all over it. We'll be watching very closely as that big event develops here in St. Louis. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get you updated on some other things sports. We'll hear from Tony LaRusso. We'll hear from John Mosellock. And we will lock in on Game 5 of the NLDS in just about 45 minutes. Game 5 of the NLDS from 2013. Michael Waka saved the season last night. I had it on last night while I was making dinner. Michael Waka saved the Cardinal season in PNC Park. Now it's Bush Stadium. A noon start today for that classic Cardinals game. Back in a moment, sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to the Lux Calore International Sports on a Sunday morning. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Cardinal baseball coming your way at noon. The Cardinals and the Pittsburgh Pirates will get into that at noon and a first pitch shortly thereafter. Game five of the 2013 NLDS. Looking forward to it. Great to have Mike Schilt on the show in the 10 o'clock hour. John Mosellock is coming up in eight minutes. Garrett Cole against the Yankees. Or Garrett Cole against the Nationals, I should say, making his Yankees debut against the world champions. According to the Associated Press, the Yankees and Nationals will meet when the season begins next month. July 23rd or 24th is going to be the opener. The New York Post first reported this. The schedule is still being worked out. There could be a game or two on the first day of play or a full slate, but we have a leak that the opener is going to be the Yankees and the Nationals at Nationals Park. Cole started the previous game played at Nationals Park. He pitched the Astros past the Nationals 7-1 last October for a 3-2 edge in the World Series, but the Nationals uh, won that World Series. They are the world champions. Cole, a nine-year contract, $324 million with the New York Yankees as a free agent. So that will be uh, fascinating. It was good to talk to Nick Ragone of the PGA Tour Champions Ascension Charity Classic presented by Emerson. Speaking of golf, Brendan Todd and Dustin Johnson, career-low 61s yesterday at the Travelers Championship. Todd has a two-stroke lead over DJ. He's a 34-year-old from Georgia. Brendan Todd, playing a couple holes behind Johnson yesterday, had a chance at the tournament's record of 60, but he missed a 10-foot putt off to the left on the 18th hole. Still a 54-hole score of 192. He shot 66 in the first round, 65 the second round, and a career-low 61 yesterday for Brendan Todd. Dustin Johnson, two shots behind him, looking for his 21st win on tour, has improved each day. He shot 69, 64, and then 61. Both golfers back to bogey-free rounds yesterday. Todd made five birdies on the front nine. Johnson made five birdies on the back nine. We'll keep an eye on that and also on NASCAR as Kevin Harvick snapped an 0-for-38 drought at Pocono yesterday, took the checkered flag at one of two tracks where victory had eluded him. He won the first of two NASCAR Cup races in front of no fans this weekend at Pocono. 
He starts 20th today with the field set by inverting the lead lap finishers. The Californian, Kevin Harvick, 44 years old, has won at every active track except Kentucky Speedway, and now he has won at Pocono. He held off Denny Hamlin for his 52nd career victory, number 5-2. So they are just about to get started. 11.30 is the start of the Pocono Green 225. That's the Xfinity Series. That's on FS1. And then at 3 o'clock is the Pocono 350 today. NASCAR running a race on FS1 at 3 o'clock Central Time as Kevin Harvick won yesterday. NASCAR set for a triple header of racing from three national series. So rain washed out the truck series yesterday. So the truck series, the Xfinity series, and the Cup Series. That is a whole lot of racing in one place. How about that? We will take a quick break, and when we come back, we will catch up with John Mosellock. Now, a few things we're going to go through with him, the COVID-19 testing that is taking place, also any sort of scheduling updates he might be able to give us in terms of what the Cardinals are going to do between now and what eventually will be scheduled as the opener, whether it's at home or on the road, a 60-game regular season schedule, which begins either July 3rd or 24th. What are they going to do in those next three weeks? Also today is the 60-man roster finalization, and they will send 44 of those players to Bush Stadium, 16 to Hammonds Field and Springfield. We'll discuss things with him about that. They've also signed all their draft picks. They had five. Uh, well, they had seven, but they had five rounds and seven draft picks, and they've all signed. And we'll hear about some of them as well when we come back. It's 1126. John Mosellock, the Cardinals president of baseball operations, with us at 1130. Then after we talk to Mo, Tony LaRussa from my Garage Happy Hour, leading you up to Game 5 of the 2013 NLDS. Back in a moment on KMOX. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to the Lux Calore International Sports on a Sunday morning. Oh, yeah. America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Pitch number 86 for Walker. Swing and a miss. Bird strikes out. A total of nine now as Marte was the eighth victim and Bird the ninth. Cutchin came in five hits and ten at bats. He's 0 for 3 today. They're moving Holiday over in left field a little closer to the line. 3-1 pitch. Swing and a pop-up. It goes into uh, the second base area out into shallow right center. The catch is made, and the Cardinals win this one. They tie the series, headed for St. Louis. We'll see you on Wednesday. We'll have the game today at noon, game five of the NLDS from 2013. Michael Waka saved the season on that game four, and we had the game last night. Joining us is the Cardinals president of baseball operations, John Mosellock, on what is very busy right now for him. We really appreciate him taking the time. That was a pretty good draft pick right there, Michael Waka, I'd say. Yeah, great guy. Um, obviously uh, fought a lot of different injuries during his time, but uh, when healthy, he was a really special player. And you had a good draft recently. Congratulations on signing all your draft picks. I know that's been a busy time as well. Yeah, I really uh, commend uh, Randy Flores and his staff. I mean, they've worked uh, tremendously hard in a very uh, unique situation. And, you know, I think we've learned a lot. Uh, when you think back to, to really all our scouts being pulled off the road mid-March, them having to learn how to really understand and utilize video technology to help evaluate players. And, you know, we were one of the teams that really embraced it. And, you know, I feel like this draft was one that 
we're really pleased with. I mean, obviously, we're going to have to be patient with because we went younger than we maybe typically do. But, you know, really feel there's a lot of upside in these young men and, uh, you know, looking forward to finding a place for them to play at some point this year. And uh, my fingers are crossed we can do that. Yeah, you did grab high school players with your first three picks, as a matter of fact. And I wanted to ask you about your top two uh, I could talk all day about these picks. I think it's fun to, to think about. But the first two, if you don't mind, Jordan Walker, who has that power from Decatur High School down in Atlanta, and Mason Wynn, a two-way player. is fascinating. Shortstop and a pitcher, Mo. Yeah, you know, so so Jordan was, was someone that when you're looking at, at just the overall package of a player, um, th- there's so many things to, to like about him. And you know, you, you hate making sort of majorly comparisons to these young people, but it's almost like a Chris Bryant type. You know, the tall, lean, 6'5", has the ability to drive the ball out of the ballpark and actually moves very well for someone of his size. So I think where he ends up is, is, is something that who knows in terms of, like, what's his position. But he handles himself really well at third right now, and, and that's exciting. And so just the overall package of him just being patient, obviously the big thing with any position player is can you adjust and adapt to professional pitching? And, you know, it's one thing to, to do the showcases. It's one thing to, to face top competition at the high school level, but it's a whole different game when you take that next step. And, you know, from what our scouts say, from what we saw on video, you know, we feel like this is a young man that, that, that has the ability to, to make adjustments. And from a physical standpoint, he has something that many people don't, and, and that's that raw power. So really exciting to see what we have there. And then Mr. Wynn is, is, is probably one of the more unique drafts I, I, I think I've seen in my 25 years with the Cardinals in the sense that, you know, one of those quick twitchers, um, mid to upper 90s off, off the mound, but extremely athletic in the field as a shortstop. So I'm not exactly sure what we have here. Um, I'm not exactly sure how we're going to handle it yet, but I I think it's going to be a lot of fun to to be working with someone like this and trying to keep a bat in his hand as long as we can and until we have to make that decision, if we have to make that decision on what's his best role. Yeah, it's exciting. It really is. And we'll see and we'll watch him develop and it will be a lot of fun. And John Mosaloc, the president of baseball operations, your group has worked extremely hard. And now here you are. I know that it's busy over there right now. There's a lot going on. A lot of pieces. Each day is different, I'm sure. I, I saw that you were asked recently about inter-squad games as opposed to maybe playing some major league teams during this next set of training. And you said, you know, I'm, <laughs> we're still trying to sort through this next couple of days. It's, it's busy, isn't it? It really is. And it's, it's, it's a bit chaotic. I will say um, today we will turn in our, 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 our roster, if you will, for, for camp 2.0. And then, and then really as far as like, boots on the ground down at the ballpark majority of us uh, did our COVID testing yesterday or antibody testing yesterday so we have to um, remain quarantined until we get cleared so in a way we get a little bit of, of, of time to to catch our breath but having said that I have multiple zoom calls this afternoon because there's so many moving pieces but the goal is is to create this this little bubble in, in Bush Stadium where the players can reside move in a healthy environment throughout 
with the coaching staff and support staff. And, and, you know, my fingers are crossed that, that we can do that down at Bush. I think the big test is going to be what happens when, when players and staff members leave the ballpark. And so it's going to require some, some discipline. It's going to require uh, uh, the, the ability to understand that what they do outside the ballpark could affect their team. And, you know, for this league to make this all work, it's going to require a lot of people to, to make some sacrifices they might not normally want to do. And so, yes, this group will be tested almost every other day. Yes, we should be able to to understand who gets it and, and be able to secure the rest of the group or the room, if you will. But it's it's going to be a it's going to be trying. And um, it's is you know every time I I try to think about it in in terms of I can't wait to see baseball back. I can't wait to be doing like what we normally do. There is that sort of anxiety of gosh, I hope it'll work. And and so my fingers are crossed. We can sort of pull it all together. Um, you know, speaking with our clubhouse staff right before I jumped on your call, and and certainly, you know, these these guys have a, a a lot on their plate that that is a little bit different than a normal season. So everybody's going to have their new level of stress and their new level of responsibility. But for this to work, we're all going to have to pull together. And I don't mean just the Cardinals. I mean all of baseball. Yeah, I totally get that, and and get that anxiety too. Mark Walsh is the they didn't get any better than him. I mean, when it comes to managing a clubhouse and, and, and how all of that works, and I know that he'll do a great job, and, and so will you. But, you know, going on the road, there again, there's another thing that totally has to change, right, how you go about that. You know, I, I've been thinking a lot about travel. I, I, I really feel like it's it's more of, of a little bit of like how you think about St. Louis. It's, it means, you know, I'll get up in the morning, I'll go to the work, I'll watch a game and go back home. And that's really what it's going to be like on the road. It's, it's you get up in your hotel room, you, you know, you do your work from your hotel room and then you go to the ballpark and then you come home. In other words, you're just not, it's not the restaurant scene. It's not the bar scene. It's, it's, it's going to have to be a little bit quieter and simpler. Now the good news is it's 60 games. So it's, it's not only 30 of them are on the road, right? So it's not, this massive sacrifice, if you will, it's, it's just, it's going to require discipline. And if everybody's smart about it, I think we have a chance to be successful. Just getting used to it. You have that 60 man roster that you have to have finalized today. And then the understanding, is it still that you'll keep 44 here and 16 go to Springfield? So yeah, I guess uh, I didn't know that was actually out there, but um, so the way that will work is, is ultimately I'm going to submit a roster of roughly 44 today. I'm not going to fill the 60. I want to make sure that the 44 that we submit that are coming into St. Louis all pass their COVID. Because once you once you have someone on that that list of 60, they are part of it. In other words, it's it, the only way you can start interchanging is if you start releasing. And so I want to make sure the 44 which are going to really make up the guys that you most think you'd likely use during the 60 game season. Then if they all clear, then what I will likely do is add a little more depth for major league protection, but then I will likely use the remaining spots as more of a prospect camp. And so that's, you know, our first um, way of thinking about it strategically. But if we have to pivot, we know what we do that way too. But 
the hope is is we can get some of our younger players in our system down to Springfield to get work. Gotcha. Uh, this is uh, a run to the finish, but it's also it's a sprint and a marathon at the same time. I mean, it's it's fascinating. Nobody, none of us have ever been through this before, but you also have in there, and I'm, I don't know how much time you've even had to even think about it because it's down the road. But August thirty first trade deadline. This will, everything is going to be different in how you approach it. Although I know that you are about, and the philosophy doesn't necessarily change. The Cardinals are about developing players and winning consistently. Well, you're right. I haven't thought much about the trading deadline. <laughs> I, I did I did note that it's uh, August thirty first, but that's about all I thought about it. Um you know, when you when you hear that phrase, it's usually about what are you trying to accomplish? Where do you think you need to improve? I mean obviously um been through a lot of trading deadlines in my career and Sometimes you have a something you target that you want to go get. You may get it or not. Sometimes you just don't have a whole lot of activity in your future. But, you know, I, I think the way you have to approach the, the, the 2020 2.0 season is day by day. And, and, you know, you do have some flexibility with a 30-man roster for two weeks, uh, 28-man roster for two weeks, and then, of course, you, you settle on the 26. So, I think with that, you get a little bit more pitching protection that you might not normally have. I do feel the the one thing I've always admired about our current 40-man is we do have a lot of depth. And if you think about it, majority of the guys on our 40-man could protect us at the major leagues. There's probably one or two players that that might not fit that mold, but for the most part, our 40-man is true protection, which, you know, given the circumstances, is quite fortunate. And so we'll just see how things unfold. But, I mean, there's going to be a lot of interesting dates, a lot of different nuances on, on how the game is actually run in a 60-game season versus a 162. And I think that can be said, you know, from a front office standpoint, but also an on-field standpoint. I'm looking forward to seeing how it all works out. I know that it is hard, and I know that it's difficult for everybody to do something different. But I, I do stand by the fact that, and I know you feel this way too, that seeing baseball from a fan standpoint, but also the great people who do work in the game is very rewarding and, and good for the game. The game has, um, it, it's been through a lot through uh, over a century, and it's going to be through a lot after this. It's, it's a part of our history, if you know what I'm saying. I, I think that... You know, baseball will evolve and change, and sometimes it's not easy. But one thing that we all have in common is we're going through something that is much bigger than us, which is this pandemic and, and a world issue, Mo. And I know that uh, these last few months have been trying for a lot of people, but to, to feel baseball again might be able to bring some people back to a sense of normalcy. Well, you certainly hope so. And um, if baseball can be something that helps entertain, it helps uh, uh, break up the, their their current day to day in a in a positive way. That's what we want to be a part of. But to your point, there's a lot of uh, uh, things that are still exist in our country and our world that are are far bigger than just baseball. But you know, hopefully, baseball can put a smile on a few faces and. Um, I'll go back to checking my email where people tell me what to do instead of uh, just hoping baseball comes back. So it'll be funny. (laughs) 
Appreciate you. Thank you for doing this very much. All right. Be well, Tommy. Thank you. John Mosellock, Cardinals president of baseball operations with us on sports on a Sunday morning. Great to have him back in a moment on KMOX. We'll hear from Tony LaRusso a little bit. He was on my garage happy hour. That's next. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to the Lux Calore International Sports on a Sunday morning. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. I'm Tom Ackerman, Tony LaRusso, the Hall of Fame manager with me on Thursday in the Garage Happy Hour. He's back with Albert Pools, who he compares to Michael Jordan in terms of preparation and greatness and what he did to win a championship as a teammate. The Cardinals' great Albert Pujols now with the Angels and Tony La Russa, and this Angels team looks really good, he told me. We have a very, you know, we'll put our everyday lineup as far as catching the ball and hitting the ball with anybody. Uh, you know, you've got Upton in left field, and then you've got, uh, you know, Simba at shortstop, you know, Simmons. You got this, I, I was, I, I had uh, dinner the other day with a couple of Cardinal ex-teammates, and I put this on that the closest thing that I've seen to, to David Eckstein is David Fletcher. Uh, he is just a really fun looking, fun to look at player. And he plays all over the field. So, you know, it's going to be pitching. And uh, I think, you know, the coach Joe Madden and, and uh, who did a great job in spring training, Mickey Calloway, who I was so impressed with the way he, his knowledge and the way he worked with pitchers. They were pleasantly surprised at the quality of the arms that we had in camp. So the stuff is there, and it's just a matter of executing. But I think we're going to be really tough to play against. Joe Madden, see, I can go back to liking him now. So he grew up a Cardinals fan, but I had to stop liking him for a while. Now I can go back to it. I, I think I'm okay with Joe Madden. I what a what a what a unique individual he is. Really, he has an interesting perspective, approach, and um, I respect him. I think he. Above, he's a lot like you in that he loves and cares and respects the game first. He really cares about this game, doesn't he? Well, I, I think it's a good point to bring up because he did manage the Cubs, so obviously we did not like him there. <laughs> uh, but I'll give you a, a, a look back when he was coaching for the Angels. There was one offseason that he and his wife joined Dave Duncan and Janine and another guy and his wife, and MLB took him on a uh, – on a, a tour of a couple of countries in Europe to do clinics. And you know, Dave, Dave never minces words. And when, if, if he's like the gospel, you know, he had fun. So when he came back, he told me, he says, man, I was just with a guy that really is an outstanding baseball man. And that was Joe Madden. And that was in the nineties. So uh, it was no surprise. Uh, you know, when he really helped with, with part of that staff with Mike Sosha. And then when he got the Tampa Bay job, and what he did in, in Chicago, and now I'm seeing it firsthand. He's an old soul. I mean, he comes to that traditional teaching that, uh, in fact, he idolized Joe, uh, George Kissel. Uh, and so, and he really is smart. He has a, a correct balance between how you use the, uh, the formulas and the, and the metrics and then how you pay attention to the heartbeats and the guts and the intelligence of a player during the game. Is that the highest form of respect to be known and called a baseball man, like once you get get known in the business, like that's that's a baseball man right there. Just something something like that, I think is is very uh, respectful, and and you feel like you've made it. 
Well, Tom, that's, that's really a loaded question now, only because um, when, I, when I first signed in all my career, in fact, when I got to managing, you know, without a whole lot of preparation, uh, I had played poorly in the minor leagues for a long time. So, you know, been injured, hung in there because I loved the game and then was able to stay around for a long time. And I always wanted to be known as just a guy who went to law school as a baseball man. As a guy that was understood the greatness of the game and exalted it and really honored the players and the fans. And the rest of us were just there to, to, to put people in a position to win. I say loaded because, you know, we have had an issue for since the early 2000s, I think, where, you know, guys who are really excited to be a part of the game but didn't have the, the in-uniform experience. And they've joined and they have a lot to offer. And I'll say it very carefully and, and, uh, and, and true to my heart because I think quality information and how you can make players better and put them in a position to win is very important. The problem which uh, has been identified recently is you would think that the traditional old timers would have been doing the Heisman to the new mathematic guys, the metrics guys, and the opposite's true. A lot of us have always embraced information and, and want to learn, but the new guys, I just think because they're they just trying so hard to do right, and I don't think they really feel like they have a lot of support unless they produce these miracle numbers. They have really not embraced scouting and player development, and so today's baseball man is, is not the same it's not looked at the same as it was years ago. And in fact, that's one of the things that we need to improve. That's a really good point. Um, I'm, uh, I'm here in my garage, by the way, with Tony LaRussa. I've got, I brought this uh, to drink because <laughs> I thought, you know, it's appropriate. The season's starting. Got to crack open a cold one, cold bud. Um, I'm, I'm very excited about this season starting. I, I, I love this game very much. You know that. There's something beautiful about it. Uh, I interviewed Bill DeWitt III last night on KMOX, the president of the Cardinals, for those who don't, who don't know who are just joining us. And uh, he, um, he said it's the rhythm of it. He said, you know, we shouldn't apologize for what baseball is. Baseball is different. Baseball is unique. And uh, there is a, a love for the game that, quite honestly, might not be easy for everybody to get back right away. This has been tough. Um, and a lot of us missed it, but the negotiations were hard because there was nothing else. There were, there were no games to watch. It could be one little thing that, that gets us back. What was it for you that pulled you into the game, Tony? Why do you love this game so much? I was raised in a baseball atmosphere. You know, I was raised in Tampa, Florida. My dad's Italian, my mother's Spanish. So a lot of Italian and uh, Hispanic folks that really embraced the game. So when I was five years old, you know, I, I was given the opportunity to play ball and, and be around and, and I embraced it. And, uh, and it's like George Kissel said, and I've been, you know, I've quoted this so many times, but it's so true. And I still tell young guys this. George would always tell you, you know, if you love it, you want to learn it. And the more you learn, the more you love. And that's where I am all these years later. And, uh, and you know, and I, it pains me to see, you know, this, uh, we're, we're going through this turmoil of how the game should be played. Now, I think, I think we're going to start balancing the metrics and traditional better and better. So I'm, I'm optimistic that we'll do better. But my biggest concern, Tom, is that uh, like right now, you know, fans watch the war between the union and, and the uh, and MLB and, and, and they, they really want to see both sides understand that it's about them, the players in the game. 
So we both sides just got to do a, a much better job of making sure that their priority is the players and the game and the fans and, uh, and, and just letting fans know it, how much we need them, respect them, and want them to enter, be entertained by us. So it's a really fragile time now, and I'm hoping that all 30 teams, everybody involved in the, in the powers on both sides, just understand that we need to have fans understand that we appreciate who they are, what the game means to us. Yes, indeed. Amen. Tony LaRussa, the Cardinals Hall of Famer. He is in Cooperstown. What an honor that was to cover his induction. A great friend, mentor to many of us here in St. Louis. Taught a lot of people the game. Also happened to win two world championships. By the way, over my shoulder, and I would never direct you away from KMOX Radio, so I want you to listen to our classic game coming up here at noon. However, I've noticed while we've been doing the show that MLB Network is playing Game 7 of the 2004 NLCS. So the Cardinals' last win of that season because they were swept by the Red Sox in the World Series. But I would say the loudest I ever heard Bush Stadium to. Even louder than when they won it in 06. Actually, that was Bush Stadium uh, 3. But anyway, Bush Stadium 2, louder than the Edmonds walk-off. Louder than the last out. The loudest moment I ever heard in that ballpark was Scott Rowland's home run off Roger Clemens, and it's coming up on MLB Network. Just want to let you know. When we come back, though, we're going to play Game 5 of the 2013 NLDS, the Cardinals and the Pirates. It is a good one, and it is on the way. Our Cardinals Classic, I'll have the pregame in just a few minutes. On the home of the Cardinals, thanks to Mike Schilt, John Mosellock, Nick Ragone, and Tony LaRussa. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.